Fit After 30 show, episode number 23, my favorite number with Louis Joe Calvert, how to increase your boredom for an exceptional life. Let's go. Welcome to the Fit After 30 show, the podcast for those who refuse to accept that they're past it or that their best days are behind them and are ready to demand more from themselves despite some potential new challenges. Aches might be there, your time might be a little limited and your responsibilities are likely through the roof. But ultimately, if you're listening in, I know you're not up for just settling. Welcome in once again as we explore how to excel and balance physique, family and fat loss in this new chapter of your life. I'm your host Sharif Lawton and this is the Fit After 30 show. Boom yes team what is happening episode number 23 of the Fit After 30 show. I'm with my man Louis brother what is happening how are you doing today? I'm good thank you very much and uh, episode 23. Episode this 23. Is a... 23 is my favorite number around exactly. a company called 23 lean. This is, this is an important one man. You waited, you waited for the 23rd to get me on. I like it. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? Yes, brother. Really, really good. I feel nice and zen after that, after that breathing session we just did all of all of yes. 30 seconds, but it made a difference, bro. Um, listen, man, we've been going uh, off air for a little bit and I really feel this conversation is going to flow. I'm pretty much putting Louis on the spot today. I've got a few things I want to ask him about uh, and, uh, you know, grill him on as it were. But I just wanted to let I'm everyone ready. else know kind of your your background, man, who you are and all the rest of it. And then we can get into kind of how we know each other and, and go from there. But brother, who are you, man? What do you do? And uh, just a little bit of a background about you, man. I would love to know. All right. So, yeah, I am Louis. Louis Joe Calvert is the full name. That's the uh, the Instagram handle as well. And I am the founder and the owner of The Power Project, which is a program designed for men, uh, allowing men to take charge of their life. The way that we do that is by allowing them to step into their potential personally, physically, and psychologically, while giving them a sense of belonging and brotherhood. So yeah, I when I started, it was more of a uh, directly fitness thing. Um, that's how me and Sheriff have uh, over time got to know each other. Um, but as I've developed, as I've kind of looked at the world and seen what I think needs to change in the world and um, where my passions lie, it's it's ended up being more of a overall personal development program for men. The way that I got into it initially um, was basically, this was a program that I really needed when I was younger. I used to be uh, a guy with very, very, very little ambition, um, completely fixed mindset. I was getting used at school. I really just kind of accepted my fate that I was never going to be any good at basically anything. And I just thought that's cool. And I was just kind of floating through life, uh, not happy with it, but just accepting it. Uh, and it was only when I found training, fitness, boxing, bodybuilding, uh, that I started to see that the efforts that I actually put into things, I can, I can actually kind of change myself. You know, if I put in effort to this, I can grow, I can 
develop I can learn and in bodybuilding it was perfect because it was the efforts I put into this I can literally see myself getting less skinny and more muscular in the fucking mirror I can see my efforts turning into something there and then you know so that started to put me on this track of personal development overall started reading obviously built a business from that point and uh, I just moved from there and that is where my passions lie now is helping men step out of that kind of accepting mediocrity step out of living on autopilot realize their power step into their power and uh start building a life they fucking like because i know that millions and millions and millions of men out there are living a life of quiet desperation pretending they're okay with things and they're fucking not they just don't think that they can actually step into their potential they don't see that and that's what i'm here to change so that's me Wicked, brother. That is A, such an amazing intro, and B, I've just written down a few points which I really want to deep dive into over the course of this podcast. But if we wind it back and we have a little think about, well, for me personally, obviously we were in, uh, we have been under the same coaches, under the same mentorships. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember being in this particular mentorship, won't mention any names, uh, but going in there and obviously you've got a bunch of people and you're kind of like looking at their profile pictures. And I came across this dude who like literally had his laptop out and I saw a swimming pool and like the sun. And uh, I think you just posted up a win. And I clicked on the profile and it's just like, this dude is literally living the life. He's got his business <laughs> out there, the laptop, the PT lifestyle, the long hair. He's loving it. And I'm like, <laughs> the long oh, hair. The long hair, man. It's an important part of it. <laughs> but I remember seeing you and I was like, wow, this is, this can actually happen, sort of thing. And that, that actually kind of uh, opened up my eyes to, you know, this can be a real thing. And you'll be the first mm. to tell everyone, I'm sure, that online coaching ain't all fucking sunshine, rainbows, and, and cocktails at five o'clock. But at the same mm-hmm. time, bro, I know you've kind of lived that digital nomad lifestyle. You've you've kind of you've done the the whole online coaching thing and picked up your laptop and bits and pieces. So I'd love to know how that how that is because my life is very different. I have a missus, I have a kid. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. much stationary apart from the the odd work, business trip, and what have you. But um, yeah, talk to me about being a digital nomad. Like, what what kind of lifestyle is that? Do you like it? Do you not? Tell me. Yeah, I love that question. So it's it's funny because. This was always my goal, right? I, ever since uh, 2015, I actually got home from working in Ibiza. I did a season in Ibiza, which I absolutely loved and got home and started to personal train and really started to finally set it up as an, a legitimate business and started to do that. I must have been about 20 at that point. I might be getting the, the times wrong. Uh, so don't do the maths and figure out my age because I'm not sure if that's right or wrong. Um, but yeah. From that point, once I then got into personal training, it was completely always my goal to be able to be uh, locationally free. That was my biggest kind of sign of, okay, I'm winning. The funny thing is, uh, this is a bit of a side note, but the funny thing is that was always my goal. That was the biggest reason initially for me to actually build an online online program and an online business. Uh, My business grew way, way, way past the point of actually kind of being able to go, to be a digital nomad before I actually started to get the courage to go traveling and everything else, because it got to the point where I was like, oh, I don't want to slow this down now. You know, I don't want to lose this. So yeah, yeah. lesson number one on this journey was keep the uh, keep the goal, the goal and remember yeah. why you're actually doing things right. Because I, I probably spent a year, two years, maybe on building my business still in my mum's house, because I was thinking I, I just want to build this business and get away. Yeah. <laughs> when I could have gone ages ago. But anyway, so then yeah, got away. Uh my first 
little trip was in Valencia in Spain, which I fell in love with. Wow. Um, but sadly, sadly became an illegal immigrant after 90 days and had to leave quite quickly before I got in trouble. Uh, found myself then in Dubai, uh, didn't leave there for a year and a half. Um, got very, very tired of that after a while. Um, really? And ended up in, yeah, and then and then ended up in Spain again. And there's like a million different kind of little <laughs> stories and lessons along the way. But just to reverse back to your question initially, it's funny because... Everybody looks at that lifestyle of, you know, um, digital nomad moving around all the time and think, you know, it, it, it's great and it's all fun and games. And and the funny thing is I've fallen into the trap twice now. So that's I, I know how alluring it is because I've actually fallen into this trap twice, experienced it and then fallen into it again. Wow. But okay. the truth is, the truth is sometimes it really isn't all it's all it's cracked up to be. So it was when I was in Dubai, I had finally a little bit of stability again. Right. And uh I just started to really want to go traveling again. I thought I'd love to just be kind of like living out of my suitcase again, all over the place. And I literally, this was not very long ago. Uh, I, I left my apartment in Dubai, got all of my stuff, left some stuff there and suitcase. And I went to Spain. And for the majority of the time, I was completely on my own in Spain. And I thought, right, this is it. This is exactly what I want to be doing. This is how I want to be living. I never really felt that kind of just completely on my own um, kind of, vibe before so let's give it a go well it very quickly was not what i wanted it to be you realize very very quickly right you you don't know anyone there so you, so you haven't got very many friends i wasn't drinking at this point i had to get i have a girlfriend so uh, i wasn't able to get on tinder i wasn't able to go out drinking and finding people that in that way uh had no hobbies because i like to box um i was taking up a bit of jiu-jitsu in, in dubai but you know I, I had nowhere to actually be able to do that there when i'm just there for a month and if you've got the similar mind to me, I was just working the entire time because I was just filling my time with what I know how to do best, which is work, work, work and train. And I literally have never been as ill as when I was in Spain. And I think it was mainly just due to overworking the stress of figuring out routines, Wi-Fi and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wi-Fi. So now, so yeah. So now I'm back in Manchester and I'm and I've and I've got an apartment for the next nine months. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for a little bit of stability again. So yeah. It's interesting because I know we spoke off air about that, but it's interesting that it looks so fucking great and it can be, yeah. but um, yeah, it's not, it's not all it looks, it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know? That's interesting, man. That's, that's really interesting. And also I appreciate the, the openness and the honesty because you could just be like, yeah, I'm loving it and hitting parties and, and working on my own time and no one to tell me what to do. And obviously it does have pluses, right? And out of mm. interest, you know, you said like that was always my, my goal back in the day like where did you even come up with that idea were there people doing it because for me personally i'll be honest with the online coaching side of things i always was kind of doing it it was pocket money but i was a personal trainer i was a one-to-one -one pt but i mm. knew i wanted to take the online thing seriously and part of the push yes it was covid and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah but I'd seen other coaches who, with all the respect in the world, I knew didn't have the knowledge and the skill set of me living the yeah, lifestyle yeah. that I wanted to live. And I was like, this, I'm not, I'm not actually up for this. How on earth are they doing it? So for you, bro, were there people who was footsteps you were now trying to fill? Or you were you just like, I can see how I can run a business anywhere I want to. Let me go and chase that. Yeah, for me, uh, if I'm completely honest, I think it was the YouTubers. You know, right, right, right. The, the the fitness YouTubers, I was, when I was younger, I was watching them a lot. Okay. And I've, <laughs> there's probably still videos of me on YouTube trying to be a vlogger and stuff like that with my <laughs> with my very, very boring life and my mum's. It didn't obviously go too well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that 
they were they were the ones for me i was watching them you know living the life all over the place being able to work when they wanted even like training when they wanted and stuff like that 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 and that alone was exciting me enough and i was thinking fuck like i really really want that and 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 i do truly still believe that like a huge a huge amount of fulfillment and and happiness can come from freedom i think when I coach my guys, the the thing that everybody wants by the, if we boil every single goal down to like its absolute purest form is, is freedom. They want time freedom. Everyone wants money freedom in some way, like uh, no financial issues and stuff like that. So I think freedom is still really, really high on my values and something that I want to strive for. It's just freedom isn't necessarily living out of a suitcase and not having any friends. You know, yeah. freedom is the ability to choose your your problems. Even we're always going to have problems. We're always going to have downsides and upsides, pros and cons. I think true freedom is is the ability to actually be able to wake up and choose your pros and cons. Because, like you said, you're you're pretty stationary. But I'm sure, and and I'd be interested to hear. Like you feel like you have good freedom, even though you know it's not the the ideal of having a suitcase and that's all it is and everything else right oh absolutely man absolutely and i think it's really interesting to hear that actually during the time where you had the most amount of quote-unquote freedom you actually got the most ill with your time in spain because potentially uh yeah listen if i'm if i don't have any structure routine which is naturally my go-to i need to really be purposely planful because that doesn't come naturally to me mm. if i'm tired or if i'm not focused <laughs> and i go back to my normal ways of just like winging shit that is when stuff goes wrong for me so interesting to hear that potentially when you didn't give yourself those boundaries actually you just went into like work mode 24 7 train mode and all the rest of it and yeah like, would you say that kind of lack of boundaries in the broadest sense is one of the things which you're tackling with your guys or which you see crop up time and time again either with their fitness or with their family or with their friends or with the social stigma to drink i noticed that you said oh mm. i wasn't drinking then would, would you mm. say that lack of boundaries is a thing in which you're constantly sort of trying to teach and educate your guys on? Boundaries, boundaries is a huge thing. I think the way that you described it there, I would call that more commitment. I think a lot of the guys that I, well, let's just zoom out and say a lot of the guys in the world, a lot of guys in the world have commitment issues, right? And not just in the, in the, in the sense of relationship, they're scared to commit about anything. Mm. And almost all guys commit to one single thing because probably the way that we're brought up the things that we watch and everything else has probably led us to this or maybe it's just our innate nature but it is that they commit to work and that is the one single thing that they're ever fully that they're, they're very fully committed to almost always right so that's the thing that takes over their calendar that's the thing that takes over their mind and they've not fully committed properly to anything else to let that actually start to take over the calendar to start to take up space in their mind as well so actually when i think about my clients and what i end up working with them on a lot of the time it is making sure that they are decided choosing their battles wisely but they are fully fully committing to everything that they want to fully commit to in their life and they're not just scratching the surface of many things but being afraid to fully commit so that might look like fully committing to their purpose and mission, which often is career for a lot of people, but keeping, like I said, the goal, the goal and realizing why that is that you're striving towards that and not just uh, blindly chasing what might be just 
you know, money or something like that, which is a typical one, fully, fully committing to your relationship or whatever that might be fully, fully committing to, to being a dad as well. In, in your case, I'm, I'm sure that that that's something there um, and fully committing to other things that you really, truly value in life. Like for us, training, health and everything else in, in that department is going to be something that we fully commit to. 100%. And that allows us to actually have our have our calendar filled with everything that we love and not just being overtaken by the one single thing that we've been told to commit to all our lives as men, which is work, 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 you know? So yeah, boundaries are huge. But I think the way that you described it there, it's all about commitment, making sure that you're very, very careful with what you're committing to and you fully commit to the things that you do commit to. And you're not almost to use one of your phrases, which I use with my guys and girls all the time is like going on autopilot, right? So like autopilot mm. in some senses can be good if you're talking about oh, yeah. limiting decision fatigue and you've just got your mm. plug and play strategies and you're off and you're running, but it can be terrible in some respects if you're coasting through life. And correct me if I'm wrong, man, but you probably deal with a lot of people who feel like they are coasting or like you say, scratching the surface, but not really living their, you know, their highest value or whatever. So yeah. number one, Typically, when do people reach out to you and realize that actually that is my situation? Because I think most people are so unconscious about it. They're floating through life. They don't realize that, oh, shit, I've hit 50. But actually, what the hell just happened there? So, like, yeah. you know, what's kind of the trigger point? Is there one? And then secondarily, what is that? I guess, the first lever you tend to pull when it comes from someone wanting to go from I'm just doing all right to no, I want to fucking thrive. Like, where where do you take them on that journey? I love this question. So... The first question's hard because it seems it seems like people come from all over the all over the spectrum of of where they're at. You know, we'll we'll get guys that are hugely hugely high achievers already, and they're actually looking for someone to be in their corner, a sidekick to them, and you know they're looking for that edge. And they actually were never on autopilot, but they know that that we can help them actually get to that next level. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got some other guys that are on autopilot um, and they've just become aware of it and they they need to get out of it. The problem is most of the guys in the world uh, or most of the people in the world in general are on autopilot so deeply that they don't know that they're on autopilot, right? That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the true definition of it. So the people that never join are the people that stay numb to the truth that they are on autopilot. They numb out the the truth that they don't really like their situation right now. And they're the people that can't be helped just yet. So if I'm sure they're probably not even listening to this podcast because you know people are listening to this, they're ready to change. Yeah. But for those people, first of all, just to work our way up the spectrum, for those people, first of all, the first step there and the first lever, not that I work often with these people because by definition, they're not ready for that. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's ta it's taking out the distractions of your life, taking out the comforts of your life that you're leaning upon to numb out from the truth of your situation. So I see this too, too, too much. And I'm sure that anyone listening have seen this. I'm sure you've seen this as well, is when a man does not like his situation, whether that's his relationship, whether that's his career, whether it's his body, his physique, his health or his life in general, he'll start to lean upon his short-term comforts more and more sugary foods, lots and lots of porn, lots and lots of drinking, drinking in the same pub with the same people that all hate their situation just as much every single yep. weekend. Yep, yep. Uh, scrolling Netflix, uh, scrolling on the phone, watching too much Netflix, all of these things. If we reduce, if we eliminate it just for, just for a week, just for two weeks, if we eliminated all of these things from the world, 
everybody would be forced to face the truth of their situation. They'd which be is a harsh reality for some people, right? 100%, which is exactly why they're leaning on these comforts. They would be forced to face the truth of their situation and it would be fucking painful. But guess what? That is the pain that people need to actually change, right? 100%. That pain is the pain that is meant to be there because innately you know that you're not where you want to be. And feeling that pain is the first step to being able to actually get out of it, right? So it's feeling that, facing up to that truth and then moving through it. What was the first step on this question again? I remember the second one. Where are people usually when they join? So people usually when they join, they're on the second kind of stage of that. Uh, often it comes through a big kind of bit of adversity in their life. I often get guys that have just gone through a terrible bout of mental health. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't work with people if they're terribly depressed or anything like that. That's not what I'm qualified to do. But they're out of the other side of that. And they're looking now to start to move forwards. And they've almost allowed this to go on way too long until it really became a mental health problem. Yeah, uh, I get guys that have just gone through a terrible breakup yeah, and they've realized that most of their life, most of their energy, everything was kind of given to this relationship or they got comfortable in the relationship. Now they're on their own two feet. They're realizing, fuck, I'm not as much without this. Or if we got guys that have left their jobs, got fired from their jobs or... Sometimes it's they've lost something. One guy, a very interesting story. One guy through a breakup lost his house, right? He lost his house. And what he'd realized was he spent all this time uh, doing things for his, his, his girlfriend at the time and put so much money, effort and things into his house, making it look the way he wanted to, feel the way he wanted to. And then he just lost it like that. And it was on our call, our first initial call, where he said that I've just realized that I've just been working on things externally so much when all of that money, all of that time, all of that effort should have been going into me and my own development. And now he started to make that change. So some people start in that point. And then, of course, like I said, some people have potentially been through that or maybe they've never been there. And they're just high flyers. And they know that having that brotherhood around them, having uh, me being able to guide them, someone in their corner is going to kind of make them thrive. So there's like the three stages and phases that men can kind of go through. And two of those are the people that join. And to answer the second part of the question, which is what are the first kind of levers that we pull and where, where do we work? So this is kind of in two places. So we work with something called the peak performance pyramid, um, which is the three M's man, mind, and mission. Man is about your body, your health, uh, your robustness, but also your routines and the way of you operating. Mind is your identity, the way that you see yourself, your physical, your, sorry, your mental fortitude um, and your self-development. And then mission is your vision, your purpose, living with intention and everything there. With the uh, peak performance pyramid, it starts with the man side of things. I believe that everything starts there with the man, the physical body. If we can start to train better, eat better, look after your sleep, your morning routines, your evening routines, the way that you're planning your day, the, the way your ca calendar looks, everything starts to go from there. And that they are the foundations for everything else. If we're doing hard training sessions in the gym with the right kind of, uh, with the awareness on the right things, we are building that mental fortitude anyway. So it starts to creep into everything else. So we start with the man side of things. The second lever that we pull, which is kind of at the exact same time, is also with the man one-on-one -on -one, we start to look at 
what are the three big goals that we're about to go into over the next 90 days? We allow only three goals. One's usually a physical one, like I said, but then two more. It can be anything in their life, whatever it may be. And these goals are 100% designed to stretch them to their potential. And the, the, the aim of the game is not even to necessarily hit the goal. It doesn't matter if we hit the goal or not. The aim of the game is to set a goal for them that's larger than they are right now. And over that initial 90 days, they are forced to stretch and expand to be able to meet that challenge that they fully committed to. And the beauty and the growth comes when they're not doing the things that they're meant to do or when they slightly fall off but we're able to coach them through that. We're able to learn from that. And also their, their kind of faults, their flaws at the moment are illuminated through this journey and they start to grow beyond that. Then every 90, 90 days, we start to do that again. And it's these big goals along with everything else that really starts to get them, number one, stepping into the potential, stepping into the man that they know they can be. But also number two, just starting to look at their life in like as a bit more of a conscious creator. Too many men are going through lives fucking passively. Passive. They're going through lives just Passive. kind of looking at their life thinking, oh, I wish it wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why me? What? Fucking take ownership, you know, like fucking just change it. And when they start to feel that way, they start to feel that power that I am the conscious creator. I can change my life. I can create my, my life and my future. And it starts to change everything. So I know that was a bit of a long answer to the question, but they're the three stages people can ever join. And, uh, how we how we start off the journey? No, bro, that's phenomenal. Really, really phenomenal. And there's so many similarities to the the points in which guys and girls typically will inquire through 23 lean. There'll either be a shift, yeah. there'll be a breakup, there'll be something which has happened, potentially a picture taken. But it's normally yeah. that fuck it moment. I do not want to continue on any longer. Um, so that's been that's been really powerful. And yeah, I suppose, man, like you know, even just hearing you speak, right? And you you said you said one word, and I just wrote that down. It was like. To, to kind of like know, act and abide by their truth, right? And mm. I'm just thinking, right, I'm a dad and I have a six-year-old boy. And this might sound like a bit of a crazy statement, but I was just doing some reflecting the other day. And I was actually talking to my old man about this. And I was like, do you know what? In, in 2023, I would personally not like to be, or at the very least, I think I would find it a confusing space right now to be a bloke in 2023 especially as like a young man like a 12 mm. or 13 year old given the their instant cheap dopamine which you've been talking about the kind of netflix and the tiktoks and the and, and because you only have that one minute like we were talking about off air for that throwaway content it has to be fucking polarizing it has to be um you know slap in the face sort of stuff to make you kind of stop the scroll simply the distractions the dopamine hits you know all of yes. that and and pretty much being addicted to that kind of short-term gratification uh the apps and everything else which are obviously completely designed we all know this now completely designed to literally be able to hook you on there and like the stuff that goes on in your brain is similar to like someone being addicted to drugs when when we're when we're scrolling through apparently and for that side of things when I'm talking to my guys in the program, I, I kind of flip that on its head and I, and I say, you fucking good. Because every man is competitive when they start to really dig in, you know, when they start to really step into their power, they, they, they realize that they're, they're competitive, at least in their field. You know, there's somewhere, every single man listening right now, there's somewhere where you are competitive and you want to fucking win, right? 
And I like to flip everything on its head and see how can we use this to our fucking advantage. And the way that I see the distractions, the cheap dopamine hits and everything else as my, as, as my advantage is everyone else is addicted to their phones, right? So if we can simply start to take back that power, not let that actually beat us, not let that hold us, we are already beating already 90% of men in the world, you know? 100%. We're already winning. And I know that it might sound weird to put it that way, beating, but I think we all work best when we can create these little competitive scenes in our head. Just like Michael Jordan, if you've seen The uh, the Last yeah, yeah. Dance, you know, he creates these scenarios. Is... It was yep. sick, sick, sick documentary. But that's how I like to think about it. So for me, I have absolutely no notifications on on my phone i uh keep my phone on airplane mode uh until my first work block is finished of about three hours so it's like four hours into the day and i'm very 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 careful with being on my phone and not being on my phone and everything else and for that side of things i think it can be a fucking huge advantage if people want to take it so i know it's so easy to um to fall into the camp of kind of moaning about it you know, and, and saying, oh, it's such a problem and stuff. But it's only a problem if you fucking let it be. Yeah, yeah, if it's yeah, not, so it's a fucking huge weapon to be able like to be that. taken. It's funny as well, because, you know, last we were talking about this off, off air already. But last uh, last week, I had to find an apartment and they were going so quick. Uh, so I actually had to not do what all of those things I just said. There, <laughs> and I had to be on my emails all the fucking time. I'd have to wake pressure, up, go on my emails pressure. and like, yeah, please give me this apartment. You know, oh, my days, my 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 productivity my focus and my even i say mental health in a very very kind of uh um, yeah, like weak term like not not mental health yeah. i wasn't terrible but like even my mental health like my ability to deal with stress and stuff yeah, all yeah. went completely downhill in about four days because i was on my phone way more so so on that side of things we can take it as a fucking weapon to be harnessed and when we can start to see everything like that i think it's very very powerful and again we start to take our power back as yep. opposed to worrying about it and wishing things were different. On the other okay. side of things, the other side of things, you know, the uh, the war on masculinity, as people say, and you take on all the way on the other side, Sam Smith. I I really, really, really like Andrew Tate, a lot of the things that he says. I think that um as we know, and this is something that everybody needs to understand when we're when you're consuming anything, especially short-term content things, people need to be polarizing to actually be noticed in this world and it's kind of can end up a problem when people start to take it completely at face value and start to believe it you know where truth is most of the things he says that's the really bad things are only said to get more clicks get more views right but i agree with probably about 95% of the things he says but then on the other on the other side of things you know um the sam smith stuff I don't get why everyone's got such a problem with that either. Like, like one, like one of the one of the one of the things one of the uh, twelve pillars inside the Power Project um, under the man side of things is authenticity and confidence. Being able to find like who you are and being able to 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 authentically be yourself and authentically say your truth and whatever else. And I think that. Um, potentially a lot of the things that people have a hard time about and things that are seeing seeing sam smith doing stuff i don't see I'm, I'm not keeping up with him completely but i don't see the difference between that and just someone just fucking doing what they want you know <laughs> as long as it's not harming anyone i don't i don't really see a problem on either side but yeah overall it would be a bit of a fucking minefield for uh for a young growing up boy to go through 
Yeah, and, with, um, I, I guess without the level of awareness which you just talked about, without the kind of like, kind of like briefing in the back of your mind that like, listen, you're going to see like a three to five second clip initially, which is going to draw you in with some bullshit. Just as long as you know that this is entertainment, like you quite rightly said, these apps mm-hmm. are literally designed to keep you on there. And if stuff is too vanilla, guess what? You're going to scroll off. That's the exact point of what they don't want you to do sort of thing. But I love your point. I absolutely love your point of like, why are we now moaning about the fact of like, it is what it is, cheap dopamine, da, da, da. And actually use that to your advantage, turn it on, turn it off when you want to. Hard to do, but you've obviously got a good routine and structure there mm. um, and use use it to your advantage because so many people are swept away and are sucking and leaking energy with all this bullshit. And actually you can have your guys kind of turn it on and off figuratively, yes. literally, and- right? And one one thing I'll add there, because I think this will be, a, if for anyone listening, I think this will be a great little um, actionable step to be able to take away. The, the 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 true problem with the distractions, the dopamine hits, all of this kind of stuff, right? Like uh, addicted to the phone, even like addicted to like fucking sugary foods and all of this. The, two, the true problem is that we're, over time, we've made our minds, we've, we've, we've conditioned it to expect a lot of stimulus all the time. The yeah. mind doesn't really know the difference. You know, when it's scrolling for Instagram, it doesn't really know the difference between you looking at different pictures, uh, being in France, Paris, uh, oh, that's the same thing, <laughs> Paris, um, Dubai, Spain, whatever it is, and actually being there, right? So while you're scrolling for Instagram, your, your, your mind is getting a huge amount of stimulus. And over time, you know, we've all done this for years now, over time, just having very low stimulus now is not enough for your mind. It instantly feels boredom and it wants to go and get more distraction or more basically stimulus. So a huge thing to get to, to weaponize this for ourselves, right? For everyone listening to weaponize the fact that most people are stuck in that trap and you, everyone listening probably is as well. Uh, we all have been to weaponize this. The main thing is to bring your threshold for boredom down over time the problem is everybody's threshold for boredom is so is so minuscule now that we get bored so quickly and we want to distract ourselves and our work you know if we're trying to be more productive and and improve our productivity and output our work is is way more boring than than scrolling through instagram to us so we want to get distracted so the more that you can start to build up that tolerance to boredom or increase that threshold to boredom so it takes more for you to feel bored the better so things like simply spending like when you're going on a walk and it's 20 minutes really just kind of trying to make sure that you're not going on your phone you're not listening to a podcast or anything and you're just kind of sitting in the boredom when we're training which is a beautiful container to do this stay off your unless you're like tracking logging your lifts and stuff stay off your phone other than that keep it on airplane mode um meditation is obviously a really really good one as well during little tiny breaks that you have in between things and you're waiting try and stay off your phone all these little things is is beautiful little uh implementable steps to actually start to increase that threshold to boredom so you can stay more focused and you're less at the the mercy of technology and stuff like that 100% 100% man I think it's like very similar to the whole like hyper palatable obesogenic environment which researchers yeah like, right like you know we didn't have cake back in the day unless it was on your birthday now you can just go and fucking get it and we're so used to that kind of beautiful combination of sugar salt fat which literally lights mm. up the dopamine receptors in our brain that actually you eat an apple and you're like oh this is crap whereas before yeah. like fruit you know it's supposed to be sweet so I, I completely get it man 
Um, mm. And that, that that's quite interesting. And I suppose quite a hard thing to do because you're so right. It's in those dead moments where you normally, there's nothing really going on. You go from task to task, then you pick up the phone. You're just like, what am I doing? And it's you wasted five minutes. Yeah. And then you might get triggered by some random person. You're like, this is so mad. I'm now in a bad mood for no reason other than the fact that I hadn't got my routines or my structure kind of set up, you know? So that's exactly. Powerful. Yeah. Wicked, man. Well, listen, I think this is a phenomenal conversation and I, I could go on, to be honest, but I know you got a call. So let's wrap it up now, brother. But any, any number one, any final thoughts? And number two, where can people find more about you, your work, your Instagram handle, blah, 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 all that good stuff? Yes, guys, thank you so much for listening. So um, to find me, it is Louis Joe Calvert on uh, Instagram, L-O-U-I-S, Joe Calvert. And um, yeah, you'll find me there. Any final thoughts? Well, thank you for having me on. If anyone's, uh, if this has triggered anyone, if it's excited anyone, whatever it is, feel free to drop me a message and I'm uh, happy to answer any questions or anything like that. And yeah, uh, just to leave the listeners with something to do, I think, yeah, making sure that they are number one, um, increasing that tolerance to boredom is going to okay. be a huge one for them doing anything. And number two, like we spoke about right at the start is start to decrease the amount of comforts that you're feeling in your life. And by the way, those, those go hand in hand, just like you said, you know, often those comforts are going to be those sugary foods, everything else that when we can start to bring all of these things down, um, you're going to listener, you're going to be able to start to feel the truth of your situation a little bit more. And sometimes that truth might hurt a little bit as you start to take away all of these things, but that pain is going to be leading you in the direction that you want to be taking. It doesn't, it's not hard to be, it's not hard to be motivated when you're feeling that pain. You're looking at all these people that are motivated and you're wishing, oh, I wish I had that motivation. If there's a real thing that you really truly want to change in your life, you will change it. The problem is right now, a lot of people are numbing that out with these short-term comforts. So if you take that away, that pain of the situation will be enough to make those changes. Boom. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah. I absolutely couldn't agree more. It's just getting people aware and brought in enough to that of like, right, mm. you know, you have to sacrifice how good you're feeling right now, how good you're feeling quite unquote, yeah. in these short term pleasures for something even better. And like you quite mm. rightly said, that might make you feel a little bit worse before it makes you feel a ton better with the work you're about to put in. But yeah, mate, absolutely solid. I appreciate the takeaways, brother. So listen, dude, um, I appreciate your time. This is awesome. I'm going to get this pop in. So it should be on next week or so i'm about to see you in amsterdam next week so we had a ton of fun yes and uh yeah my man i appreciate you thank you for your time thank you so much for having me see you later nice one